It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark. He is Mark Schofield. We're going to talk today about how Patrick Mahomes is going to change the way he has played in the NFL over these past several years, how he's going to change it this year without Tyreek Hill in his new receiving core. Uh, And we will be talking about that right after this. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back for another episode of Locked On Chiefs, your daily podcast covering the Kansas City Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for always making Locked On Chiefs your first listen of the day. Don't forget, don't forget we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube as well. I'm your host, Chris Clark. You can find me at Chris Clark NFL or Chiefs Corner on Twitter. And you can go and find all the stuff that I'm writing over there. And I have with me today a special guest, Mark Schofield. Love talking to Mark all about Patrick Mahomes and QBs and how it's going to affect this offense. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Chris. It's great to be back with you, buddy. Excited to be here. It's been a while uh, since we've talked ball, but always love doing it. And excited to dive into the Chiefs offense. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. I, You know, Tyreek Hill has been such a big piece of this offense over the past several years, and I get it. I, It's going to change. The Chiefs offense won't be the same. It may not be as explosive, or it could be maybe even a little bit more explosive, depending on the way you look at it. What are your takes away from your takeaway? What's your takeaway from Hill leaving this Kansas City this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think sort of big picture, Chris, it's part of, I think, a sort of evolutionary shift, evolutionary change in roster construction league-wide where you're seeing, and I, I saw some people talk about, I think it was Eric Eager over Pro Football Focus was tweeting about it earlier this week about how the sort of marketplace for wide receivers has shifted as such that you're almost treating them like quarterbacks. If there's elite talent, they're going to get paid. You know, because of the way the passing game sort of dominates the National Football League today. And so with the contracts we've seen given out to wide receivers, Devontae Adams, for example, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, even, I think that sort of touched it off with the deal that he got from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then look, obviously, what Hill got from the Miami Dolphins, you know, the marketplace has shifted for the wide receiver position. So I think that's one thing to sort of look at. Now, when we sort of drill it down, to the Kansas City Chiefs and what we might expect from that offense this year. I think you're right, and it's going to be a little bit different. You won't sort of have one dynamic, explosive threat in the vertical passing game in Tyreek Hill. That's gone. But I think what you're going to see is more schematic explosiveness. I think when you see what MVS has done during his time in Green Bay, when you see what Juju Smith-Schuster has done, they're two very different receivers. You know, MVS more of a vertical type of receiver. Juju is more of your underneath big slot type of player. And you're seeing the term power slot be used with a lot of receivers. I think he sort of fits that mold. And you start wondering about Sky more and how he can be used. I think there's going to be sort of what I termed that schematic explosiveness where you're going to have layered route concepts, you know, deep, intermediate, underneath. And then, of course, you still have Travis Kelsey as well. And so I, I think it won't be a reliance on, look, we got one guy that's going to just beat 
people over the top, relying on his speed. There's going to be a reliance on schematic concepts to create explosive plays downfield with layered elements to them. And I think you're going to see that over the course of these next couple of weeks when you hit training camp into preseason games, you're going to see that on the field. Yeah, and I think one of the things it's people sometimes forget, and, and I'm not saying you forgot it, but you know, McCall Hardman is still here. They still have that deep threat speed. They still have – and MVS isn't slow, so they still have the ability to get the ball down the field and have those types of explosive plays and have those type of explosive guys. But I like what you said, the different schemes, the different levels that they're going to be able to attack with all the different options that they've added this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you you look, for example, I know he didn't play a ton last year because he got hurt. But you look at Juju's receptions, his 20 receptions last year. A lot of it's very much horizontal, right? It's working underneath. It's working to the flat. It's stick. It's out routes. It's, you know, even some jet sweep stuff, some, you know, crossers where you've got that boot action and he's that guy that's coming across formation into the flat. When you look at MVS and the explosive plays that he generated, it was in the vertical passing game. It was downfield. It was goes. It was seams. It was streaks. It was the vertical elements to that. When you watch Sky Moore at Western Michigan, he reminded me much, very much, Chris, of, of uh, Julian Edelman. You know, seams yeah. and stuff like that where he can get going up the middle and over the middle and vertical, but he can also give you quick game stuff, options and outs and juke routes and things like that. And so, yeah, you don't have a guy right, like Tyreek Hill that's going to give you 4-2, 4-3 speed. There's very few like that. That That's why the Dolphins were willing to pay the price they did via trade to acquire him and then give him that deal is because he's certainly an elite talent, one-of-a-kind type of player. So now you've got to generate that in a different way. You're right. MBS still has NFL-level speed, fast for a wide receiver. You know, the guys they have in – you know, this roster right now, maybe they're not 4-2, 4-3, but they're 4-4, four, 4-5. Four, four, they still got speed, but there's different skill sets. And when I talk about that sort of schematic explosiveness, you know, you've got guys who can do stuff underneath. You've got guys who can be a little bit more versatile. You mentioned Harmon. They still have him as well. And, yes, you have that matchup nightmare type tight end at Kravitz Kelsey who is still going to pose problems. And maybe he's not the mismatch nightmare that Ty- Tyreek Hill is, but what he can do against linebackers – you know, and what he can do against strong safety types, that's going to be big for this offense, particularly when you start thinking about, you know, they go spread formations and they get all these new wide receivers on the field at the same time. Either either teams are going to go dime and dollar against them and not have linebackers on the field, or they're going to have a linebacker or two that might be tasked with covering Travis Kelsey, which tends to be a matchup win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and we have a lot more to talk about when we start talking about how these different receivers are going to fit in this offense, how Travis Kelsey is going to fit in this offense, and what they could be doing differently than what they've been doing previously in their career. And we will get back to that in just a second. But I want to ask you guys, have you ever felt a little bit low on cash and just needed uh, some extra cash to maybe buy some gas? Maybe you had a wedding gift that you had to buy, or maybe you had – you know, a date that you want to go on and you were just a little bit short on cash. Our friends over at Dave is the banking app that can make you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on your bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that you've been stressing, that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E, 
Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions to go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Compensated spokesperson advances up to $500 available to new members with extra cash accounts subject to availability and approval. Terms to express fees apply. See HTTP dave.com slash legal for details designed by Dave, not a bank of all bank and trust member FDIC holds all deposits and issues the Dave credit card pursuant to a license from MasterCard. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Mark, let's dive into this. I think the thing that excites me about this offense is we know what MVS has done in the past. We know what he's capable of with his speed. <clears throat> we know what Juju has done in the past, and he's done a lot of underneath stuff. We know what Travis Kelsey is capable of. We don't really know. We kind of have an idea of what Sky Moore did when he was in college. It's going to be different at the NFL level, uh, and they still have Hardman. They still have you know other players that, that could be involved in the offense. But to me, the thing that's really intriguing and could be very exciting to watch is how does MVS evolve from his time in Green Bay? And what does Juju do differently than he did in, in Pittsburgh? Because you have two guys that are going to be in completely different systems and be going to be doing different things. MVS was with Aaron Rodgers and was solely a deep threat because they had other wide receivers. Juju was with a quarterback in Ben who couldn't throw the ball deep. So a lot of difference here with a QB like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I think, you know, and what we talked about sort of in the first segment, Chris, that was really, the, like you said, sort of based on what we saw from those two players last season. But I think there is a possibility and maybe a very high possibility that we see those players used in different roles. I mean, like you said, MBS was very much a vertical threat in Green Bay, and they had Devontae Adams, who was a guy that they would do it all with. He would be a vertical stuff. He would do underneath stuff. MVS very much had sort of a, a role that he filled for that Packers offense. But I think when you watch him from a technique standpoint, from a technical standpoint, you see the potential for him to be used in a variety of ways in an offense that doesn't need him to do you know one specific thing. Before Ben fell off the cliff, and I think we can all sort of agree that the last year, maybe in the last two years, Roethlisberger yep. fell off the cliff. Juju did more stuff in the downfield passing game. You know, when, when Roethlisberger had the ability to throw downfield, Juju Smith-Schuster was able to deliver that. You, I'm thinking back to his rookie year when he had some big catches in the vertical part of the playbook. And then, you know, whether it was the addition of Washington and Claypool and what they did, they really sort of used him as more of a slot underneath guy. But the potential is there as well for him – to be more of an explosive downfield vertical threat as he was earlier in the, in his career. And as he was before Roethlisberger's shoulder and arm made it to the point where he's not pushing the ball more than 10 yards downfield. And so while we sit here and say, yeah, you know, this is how MBS will be used. This is how Juju will be used. A lot of that is based on what we saw from those players in the past two seasons in different offenses. 
just because MVS was a vertical guy in Green Bay and Juju the last couple of years was your underneath short game type of receiver in Pittsburgh doesn't mean that's all they can do. It means that's what they were asked to do. It's your, your typical, you know, what can he do for us kind of question that teams have to ask when they acquire players in free agency. You know, if you're looking at Juju and thinking he's just going to be what he was in Pittsburgh the past two years, you might undersell what he'll mean to this Chiefs offense. You might see him be more of a vertical type guy. You might see MVS be the underneath guy. You might see them used in interchangeable roles. And so I think that's right. When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can attack and stress defenses to every level of the field, you're going to have the freedom to use guys in different roles, particularly with Juju, with what he was limited to being you know, tasked with doing with Rossberger, who couldn't push the ball downfield last year. Yeah, and you're in a situation where MVS is wanting to probably show he can do more than just be the vertical threat guy as he was uh, stationed to in Green Bay. And you have Juju, who is wanting to improve on a dismal last two seasons, really, uh, in Pittsburgh. So I think that's going to be play a key, and I do think that that's a huge key in how Kansas City is going to attack defenses this year is you're going to be looking at who's the matchup that each of those guys have. They may end up changing you know, designs in route combinations based on the matchups of who they're going to be going against even in game i'm not talking about just creating a game plan for it i'm talking about in game if somebody matches up with juju they didn't expect well maybe they go with a different route combination uh, because he can take advantage of that specific person and i think the other key that is really exciting to me watching this team and i know it doesn't fit all the players but now you have a guy in mvs and you have a guy in juju and you have travis kelsey and, uh, you know, you've got another big tight end that is going to also be uh, involved in this. Uh, I, I think that you have guys that actually have size that Kansas City hasn't had for a while at wide receiver or at that pass catcher position. And I think that is going to be interesting to watch Mahomes evolve and see who he gives 50-50 balls to and how much he trusts his guys. Yeah, I, I do think that's huge, Chris. And Mahomes has already talked about that. I'm working out with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked earlier this offseason about how throws in the past that would be incomplete. There were catches now. You know, there were catches. And, and just because you have a quarterback with the talent of Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean you don't do things to help him. You know, I'm I'm a Patriots guy, and I saw, you know, what the Patriots did for years with Tom Brady. And maybe it wasn't in terms of roster construction that they helped him, but it was, you know, concepts and pre-snap movement and things like that to give him more favorable ideas and a better pre-snap picture of what the defense was going to show him once the ball was snapped. With respect to Patrick Mahomes, like adding these guys with bigger frames, adding these guys that might have a little bit more of a catch radius is going to help him in different ways, particularly when you have a quarterback like Mahomes that can extend plays so well. They can turn, you know, plays into six, seven, eight second plays that stress defenses in terms of coverage. Maybe you don't need a guy that's going to explosively separate downfield, but you have a guy that in the pocket or outside of the pocket can stress defenses with his arm, keep plays alive. And maybe the throw that he makes on the move isn't made with pinpoint precision, but now you've got guys on the other end with the catch radiuses that they do that's going to be able to turn those 50-50 balls into more 60-40, 70-30 type of throws as opposed to the 50-50 balls they were in the past. That's huge for an offense. It's huge for Patrick Mahomes as well. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. If you go back and you look at last year, I I don't have the number in front of me. I wish I would have looked this up before we recorded, but Tyree Kill had at least four or five passes just bounce off of his hands or – not in his frame to where he wasn't able to get a clean catch and it went off to either be an incomplete pass or in some instances it ended up being an interception and it was a bad bounce for Kansas City. 
a lot of those passes now, if you're throwing that same type of pass to a guy like MBS and a guy like Juju and a guy like Travis Kelsey and a guy like Jody Fortson, those are going to be catches, or at least they're going to be a lot closer to catches because they're going to have the frame to be able to go get the ball. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to with this offense is the ability for them to use that type of thing, especially when you start looking at what they do in the red zone, because they're not going to be able to do some of the same things that they did with Tyree kill uh, and, and try to get in the, in the red zone and spread out the defense there. They're going to have to use some of the jump balls. They're going to have to use some of the height that they get. And I think that we're going to see more fades, which we haven't seen from Kansas city in the past. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And I mean, I, I just pulled up the, the interceptions that Mahomes threw last year. And the one that immediately comes to mind is the one against Washington, where you've got a first and goal with a nine at the start of the second quarter. And it's just a simple flat route from Hill and it yep. goes right through his hands, you know, and maybe it's a little bit outside of his frame, but but not by much. And I remember, I'm old enough, Chris, to remember at the start of last year when there was all that panic about the Chiefs offense and you know, they have this cover two problem. He's throwing, you know, so many interceptions when he's when he's faced cover two, cover four. And it's like a lot of these are just bad luck plays. A lot of these are catchable balls that are going through somebody's hand. It's a awkward well, deflection or and, and you can make, easily make an argument that the years previous to last year, he was probably going to where he was going to regress to the bean at some point because he had a lot of balls that were hitting people in the hands or that people weren't catching that were getting batted into other players or throwing it right to a defender and not getting an interception. So maybe this is more regression to the mean. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to continue. I think he's going to still work on it. It'll be a little bit different this year. Yeah. I mean, interceptions tend to be a little bit fluky to begin with. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you've got 22 bodies, 22 big men flying around at high rates of speed, like colliding and bumping into each other and, Things happen, you know, and that wasn't the only interception went through through Hill's hands. There was the pick six against Buffalo, that shallow crossing route, and Mahomes kind of put it on the money, maybe just a little bit outside the frame, and it goes right through Hill's hands right into Micah Hyde, and it turns into a pick six. Like, those things happen. I wouldn't expect those same kind of interception numbers next year because I think there was some bad luck that helped that sort of regression to the mean that you just referred to. I, I think when you have these receivers now that, you know, bigger frame, more of a catch radius. I think that's certainly going to help cut down these numbers. And then, like you said, you know, you sort of mentioned the red zone, the low red zone. You know, how are you going to get the ball in the end zone? I think now when you have these bigger bodies, it gives you more of an opportunity for pure back shoulder throws, fades, box out situations where you can rely on that size. You can rely on that catch radius. And it gives you an option down near the goal line, down near the red zone. Whereas in years past and seasons past, you might be trying to do things a little bit differently. We all remember how that AFC championship game ended where, you know, you had what looked like to be the perfect setup to put that game away. Everybody in the world thought that the chiefs were going to score a touchdown and and, and win in that game. They couldn't convert down in the red zone. Now, maybe with these new receivers, you have more opportunity to do that more of an opportunity to finish those drives with six, with seven, rather than with three. And that's certainly going to help your offense in the long run. And I will say this, if I was a betting man, I would definitely be betting that Patrick Mahomes is going to have less interceptions this year than he had last year. And if I was going to go make that bet, I would go make that bet over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Yes, Major League Baseball is still going on. I know Mark is actually going to a game a little bit later tonight. Betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering 
information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA and boxing and golf. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And yeah, I know you're going to a baseball game here in a little bit. Um, I'm sure you're excited to go do that. But we continue looking at this offense and how it's going to evolve. I think the other thing that is really going to play into things that is not getting talked about. And and Ryan and I really haven't even talked about this either. And it's something we're going to have to talk about in the coming weeks before training camp. The offensive line played really good last year. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that they did play very good. I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. They're going to be more experienced. They have two guys that are not going to be rookies anymore. I think they're going to step up, and I think they're going to have a better year this year than they did last year. And Creed Humphrey is a guy that probably deserved to have at least uh, a vote or two for the Pro Bowl. Um, And then you're looking at a guy in Orlando Brown who's lost weight, uh, which would lead you to think that he's going to be better in pass protection against speed, uh, and he's still going to have his anchor. So that's going to help. The big question is going to be a right tackle. But the reason I bring this up, all of it was something that Mahomes was trying to play through and figure out last year going into the season and going throughout the season. Almost all of that is going to be figured out before the season even starts this year. How much, how big is that for a QB to know what you've got going pretty much across the entire offensive line because they rebuilt it last year? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Look, Chris, they completely revamped their offensive line. And it's something that we all kind of thought was going to happen with the way that that season ended, you know, the year prior with the duress that he was under in in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I'm I'm pulling up our lads, their archive depth charts, and their archive depth chart from, you know, a year ago, from July 1st of 2021, you still had Austin Blythe, Kyle Lawn, Mike Remmers listed as starters with center, right guard, right tackle. Like, (laughs) they'd changed pretty quickly. For the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they had Tooney in at left guard. They had Orlando Brown in at left tackle. So you at least had, okay, this is going to be our left side. But center, right guard, right tackle, those were question marks that get sorted out during training camp. You know, you mentioned sort of right tackle, and now, you know, maybe, you know, we're going to see how that sort of plays out. But I think that the fact that they know going into training camp this year, they're 100% positive on four of the five is huge. You know, that's absolutely huge for a team. And it takes time for that cohesion to build. Like, just because you have these five starters now, last year when the season began, they're not familiar with each other. You know, there's a feeling out process that goes into play along the offensive line. You know, when you're facing different fronts, when you're facing stunts and twists and different blitz packages. Exactly where I was going to go. It takes time to build, like, like if you're, even if you're Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown, two very experienced, very talented, premier talents at center and guard, respectively, you haven't faced stunt games before as a pair. You haven't faced twist games before as a pair. You haven't seen overload looks before when you don't know who's coming or going from that side. 
as a pair. It takes time to sort that stuff out. And again, at the start of the year last year, when everybody was throwing up their hands saying the Chiefs offense, their struggle, and they're not going to be able to figure it out. This was still a work in progress. That's behind them now. They've done that work. They've built that chemistry amongst the linemen up front. And so now I think they're in a position where you won't have some of those pass protection woes. And perhaps more importantly, you won't have Patrick Mahomes tended to bail from clean pockets. Because that that is something Mahomes does, right? How huge was that last year? Early in the season, that was absolutely huge. Yeah, it it was huge. It, it It was huge. He's so talented. And he's so great outside of the pocket and off of structure where you can understand why he might feel like, oh, yeah, I can do this. But there are also moments when it's big for him to just sort of stay in the pocket, trust the structural integrity of the pocket and make a throw that it's a well, great club to have. Every, in, in, all, I, I think 28 of the other 31 starting quarterbacks would love to be as athletic as he is. There are some guys that I think can do what he does, but it's rare. But if he can just trust the structural integrity of the pocket, and I think he'll be able to do that with more confidence this year, that's going to be huge for this offense. Well, and to add on to what you were saying, how many sacks did he run into early in the season because he was dropping too deep or stepping in, you know, stepping into the wrong place in the pocket because the pocket was there and he tried bailing and then it ended up being a sack. He ran into several early on in the season. It cost Kansas City. I'm not trying to blame him. I get where he's coming from. I understand it's all a work in progress. The thing I'm excited about for this offensive line is you were absolutely correct. They have four of the five spots figured out. They may even have the fifth spot figured out. The question is, who's going to be that fifth guy? Is it going to be an Austin Ryder who they brought back this year? Is it going to be Lucas Niang who has shown flashes but can't stay healthy so far? Or is it going to be the guy that they went and just drafted in Darian Kennard? Uh, I would love to see Kennard win it. In prior seasons, I would say that Kennard pre- pretty much doesn't have a chance because they don't play rookies. But then you watch what happened last year, and you can't say that anymore. Yeah. I mean, you plug in two rookies, and what if, like you said, Creed Humphrey, one of the top centers in the game already. I mean, yeah. I, I put it together, my top centers in the league for, for USA Today's Touchdown Wire. He's in the top five. I, I don't know if I'm going to have him a two or three or four yet. Like, I'm still sort of watching film, but for a rookie, that's really impressive. And so, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. In years past, Kennard probably wouldn't have a shot. But seeing what, you know, Creed Humphrey did, seeing what Trey Smith did, Kennard's got, I think, you know, more than a puncher's chance to sort of win that job. You know, and Chris, you're right about the, the earlier part of this year. He was dropping 9, 10, 12 yards deep at times. He was running himself into sacks. That dropped off as the season went on. And I think – you know, obviously there were some moments where, you know, the Cincinnati game, the drop eight stuff, and I know we've talked about that. Mahomes is going to have to be patient against those coverages because you know he's going to see a lot more of it. But the more he sort of stays within that pocket, trusts what's happening in front of him, like we saw down the stretch, the better it's going to be for this Chiefs offense. Well, and the big thing about the trust eight, or the drop eight thing is Kansas City didn't have more than two guys that people were going to be fearing last year. I think that that's yeah. going to be a, a much different scenario. I think that they're going to at least have a three-headed monster in Juju, MBS, and Travis Kelsey. I think you can make an argument that Sky Moore is going to be another guy, maybe not early in the season, but people are going to be fearful of later in the season just because of all the different things he can do uh, when he is able to get into this offense. And we have, haven't really even talked about you know, a guy like Jody Fortson or a guy like McCall Hardman who is in a contract year, so this is a big year for Hardman as well. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and and I think, look, you know, the drop eight, it's kind of a numbers problem. You solve it with numbers. You know, you, you yep. solve it with more options in the passing game. You solve it with that ability to stress defenses, sideline to sideline, line of scrimmage and deep. And I think that certainly helps. And Hardman being in a contract year, I think helps as well, you know, because he's going to want to show that, look, I'm, I'm whether it's in Kansas City or elsewhere, I need to get paid. Yeah, and I'm worthy of getting paid. And I think with the other thing with you know these drop eights, particularly against zones, it's receivers that have that feel for one to sit down, one to throttle down. And I think particularly Juju and his experience working underneath for years, he's going to bring that to the table for this offense, which could be critical. Yeah, and it's also better talent across the board when it comes to those pass catchers because. Uh, I'm sorry. I like Byron Pringle. He didn't get it done as a number two wide receiver, number three wide receiver. Uh, Demarcus Robinson didn't either, but I think yeah. that they have a staff that can do that now. Mark Schofield, thank you so much. Tell everybody again where they can find you. Well, Chris, always a blast coming on with you, my friend. Um, let's not wait too long to catch up next time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Schofield, USA Today's Touchdown mm-hmm. Wire. Like I said, myself, Doug Farrar, uh, we're doing top 11. 11, 12, 13, you know, as many as we see fit at each position. Um, we'll work through defenses now. We're going to flip the offenses uh, next week. I'll be having centers, tight ends, and quarterbacks and wide receivers on the outside. So you can expect to see some names from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, names familiar to the listeners of this show on those lists. You can check those out at touchdownwire.usatoday.com. Appreciate it again, Mark. Thank you all for listening today. Do not forget to go and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Leave us a comment on YouTube, and you can go leave us reviews on iTunes as well. Thank you for all listening for listening today, and we will be back on Monday with more. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.